You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 40 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and we are going to talk about character arcs today. So, yeah, I think that that's going to be an interesting conversation because character arts are pretty important. They are. And, well, you know, as we just were recently talking to each other and I said, characters are easier to understand than most people. So I think we're going to nail this one pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with characters is that uh, we have we have control of what, what they say and what they do. Right. So it's much easier than real life people. <laughs> Insert evil at laugh here. So, yes, I think this will be really good. And it's it's important to understand your character. So this will be a lot of fun. I love adding depth and finding new ways to bring out different aspects of characters. So we'll try not to get carried away with this one. Uh, who knows where we're going to end up? And actually, sp- you know, speaking of of real life people, uh, I was uh, I was in Sweden this last week. Oh yeah, and uh, I-, I just I don't understand people. I, I mean, <laughs> I think the longer I live, the more I figure out that I don't understand people. <laughs> so so I I was um, I was in the airport in Stockholm uh, queuing for for to enter the plane uh, to fly back home to to Copenhagen. And then uh, they, I don't know how they do it in the US, but at least here, you, you know, if you have priority seats, then you're always, you're called on first. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they, of course, they scan your boarding pass and whatnot to make sure that uh, you are actually a priority customer. And um, uh, luckily enough, I am one of those. Well, <laughs> so you travel I, all the time. Yeah, I fly so much that I'm a priority customer. So, <laughs> So the thing is that, and this is what I don't get, right? So we, I'm queuing at that airport and I need to uh, uh, board the plane and they call priority customers. So we go up and we stand in the queue and, of course, scan the boarding cast uh, and then enter the plane, right? But there was, again, and this this is not because it, it it's not just happened once, it happens all the time. But this time there was five people in that queue who were not priority customers wow. who tried to skip in and get on board. And it, it's like... And every time it happens, I'm like, why do people do this? I don't understand. They, they can see that, that their boarding cars is getting scanned. They know that they're going to get caught. And they're still standing there in the queue trying to get in. I mean, I just, I don't get it. Just to go and sit down. I always laugh because uh, we take ferries quite a lot. And the best sign I ever saw was at the front of a ferry that said, do not turn on your car engine. So far, no car has reached the dock before the ferry. Like, yes! <laughs> You're not going to make the plane go any faster by boarding faster. It's not going to happen. You're not going to beat the actual airplane. No, but but it, it's just, I mean, uh, the, the the thing about wanting to get on board, and, and I mean, that's one of the things, honestly, I, I do like with be about being a priority customer because you sort of get on board and you get to sit down after standing in the queue. And, and there is space in the overhead compartments for your luggage yeah. because there's nobody else on the plane at that point. So, so that part I do like. So I, I, I sort of understand why people want to get on board. But since the boarding carts are scanned and you know you're going to get caught, that's where my logic sort of 
doesn't add up anymore. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> so you're trying to skip line on something you know you're going to get caught. So what the heck is the point? Maybe they just like to get yelled at. I, I, I don't have any better insight than that. I can't say I understand people all the time. Sometimes I don't understand myself. I mean, heck, um, we haven't been on video chat here today, and we're not on video right now, so you guys can't see, but I actually have some pretty radical, awesome purple streaks in my hair. So if you want to ask why I decided to add purple to my hair, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it. So I... <laughs> People are a little strange. However, there is one thing I do understand, and we do this, you know, with our course, with our students, and my niece and I just teamed up to be accountability partners. So she's working oh, yeah? associate's degree. Yeah, my niece Kayla, if you're listening, big shout out. She's one of my my fans, my biggest fan in my family. So I think that's so wicked cool. I love talking to her. Nice. How, how old is your niece? She is, oh God, you're going to ask me this. Oh no, uh, no, no, she's I shouldn't have asked 21. that. <laughs> she's 21. <laughs> I do know that. Actually, I think she just turned 22. So sorry if I missed that. But yes, she's just, you know, just in college. She's having a good old time. And she loves fantasy and fantasy books, so we get to talk about writing and books and all these things that she gets into, which is fantastic. But she had some stuff she wanted to work on. And as I've said in the last couple episodes, I was on a writing break, and I'm getting back into it, and it's kind of going slow. And so we got talking. She's like, well, I'm trying to do you know, some mindfulness and some yoga, and I want to get back. And she does some fantasy art. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to get back into my fantasy art, and I'm really getting bad at my writing. She's like, that's it. We are mailing, emailing each other. So she emails me on Wednesday and I email her on Saturday and we have to reply back, obviously, when the other one emails and say how we've been doing. And it's working. It is working. So that is the awesome thing. I can't say I've written chapters, but I am getting through a scene that is very sticky. But that's a whole different conversation of what do you do when you plan something and plot something and then a scene decides to take over and take what you know is way too long. It should have ended a chapter ago, but the scene keeps the characters keep drawing out this one thing. And logically, I know when I get to editing, I can just cut it down. And right now, this is just the way the process is going, and I just need to keep writing. But I'm just annoyed, and I want to get past this scene. But anyway, my niece Kayla is helping me and making sure I am writing. And I've done a new book cover, and we're getting, and she's doing good on her yoga and meditation, and we're doing good. Oh, that's perfect. So just unpacking that a bit. So, so what are, are you emailing to each other what your goals are for the next week? Or are you just giving each other a status update or what are you doing? Uh, mostly status updates because we know we have our goals that we know we both want to either, you know, at least be working on it and writing um, or at least doing the yoga. So I just say, hey, this is what I've been doing and check in. Have you been doing this? And she'll say, yeah, you know, yes or no, I haven't quite done that as much as I wanted to. So right now we don't have any specific like word count goals or anything, but uh, we're at least trying to make sure we're getting it in. And for me, she knows I'm trying to write every day. So it's just like if I say I skipped a day, I'm still saying I skipped a day. So. Oh, oh. trying to make sure I at least get a sentence in, then I can say I wrote, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, that, I mean, I have heard it before about um, accountability partners, and of course, that's also something that that you and I try to do, Autumn, with the with the courses uh, and all the the students that we get for for our online writing course to to serve a bit as accountability partners and try to answer people's questions every month uh, if, if they have questions or if they want on the fly stuff then uh, be there in the mastermind facebook group for for the students so i i do think it's important because and we probably talked about this many times before but 
being an author is such a lonely <laughs> profession. So it, it's good to have somebody who who's sort of yeah, your wingman there. Absolutely, and I'm loving it. And it's a good excuse to get to email my niece every uh, twice a week. So that's kind of fun too to see what's going on. I get to relive my you know college days through her. <laughs> it's 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 kind of weird when when. The, the young ones I was about to say <laughs> grows up, but it's it's kind of weird, you know. Uh, it's it's different conversations. You, I also went for like uh, probably I think two weeks ago. Uh, my older son, he felt like he needed some time alone, him and me. So we uh, we just went to to a beach for a walk, and uh, it's it's funny when they get older because that, that he really enjoys that, you know, just just for a walk, just to go and talk for an hour. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and that's all he wanted to do, and that that was great. I mean, uh, you know, when they're younger, that they're gonna, well, it's gonna bore them to death, right? <laughs> but but it's funny how how things change. Yeah, it is. That's that's always when uh, I mean, I never had kids, but for like my nieces and nephews, it's when they get old enough to talk back, and you can feed them ideas to get to drive their parents nuts. Which she, that was my favorite part. <laughs> but <laughs> I think we might be an ocean apart here. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think on 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 my side here, uh, it's it's also been <laughs> really busy lately. Uh, I'm desperately trying to uh, to get the um, uh, some modules recorded for our future course on fantasy world building. Oh, you're doing and, awesome! Uh, yeah, well, I'm making progress, but I have a goal to finish my recordings within the next two weeks. And quite honestly, I don't know if my accountability partner, if I had one, would think that that would be possible. <laughs> but uh, but let's see if I can make it. It's just been it's been a bit too busy lately because uh, we've also had our online writing course open for the first time in, in six months. And of course, when you, dear listener, are listening to this podcast episode, <laughs> the course will be closed again. <laughs> but uh, you can still go to uh, ultimatefantasywritersguide.com slash main if you want to sign up for the waitlist. That's still possible. Uh, and then you will be the first one to know next time around. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's just been one of these uh, couple of weeks where it's been incredibly busy. So, uh, yeah, that's it. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Oh, and I think, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to Sade, who joined us on Patreon. So yeah. that was uh, awesome. And Welcome. we really appreciate it. Yeah. It's great to have a new one join us. And he was already, uh, he'd found us, I think, through the podcast as well. So that is just, you know, makes me feel good to give back another shout out to him. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, all the support we can get from uh, from from people will, will basically keep uh, or help keep the lights on for, for the I'm Writing Fantasy podcast. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I speak for both Autumn and myself when I say that we really enjoy making, uh, you know, this new podcast format compared to the old uh, YouTube videos. Uh, but that said, I also want to well point out the, the obvious, I guess, but it is still quite a lot of work to do this. So, you know, even a dollar in support does make a difference. So uh, anyway, thanks again, Said, for 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 these uh, for, for your support. And we hope that you will enjoy the rewards that you are getting out of uh, Patreon. Actually, I, I can let you know, by the way, uh, Said, when you're listening to this, that I did post your Am Writing Fantasy bookmark already. Uh, and. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe by the time you hear this episode, because we're always recording a bit in advance, you might already have received it. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, 
So check out Patreon and uh, there is a link in the show notes and then you can learn about all those rewards that uh, we are offering to those who support us. And I guess, Autumn, there is quite a lot of rewards actually, even even if you're only supporting with $1 a month. Yeah, we like to give back because I think it's not even, yeah, the dollar helps keep the lights on, but it's sort of like getting comments and stuff. It's uh, It makes you know that this is important to people and that is a huge motivator for us to keep going as much as, you know, getting a little bit of money to actually pay the licensing fees and, you know, the website and all those little things that kind of go along with uh, running an online business. So thank you for every, all of our Patreon supporters. It's always fantastic to have them here. And, you know, I just, we were talking about comments and you had mentioned before about, you know, other authors and it's a, you know, a network. And that was the biggest thing. I know I've been talking to a couple authors and I've seen a lot of posts. I hang out a lot on Instagram, I admit. And Mm -hmm. I have seen so many authors this last week commenting that they had such a rough August that they've been taking a break even from social media or from writing or from something in their life. Because for some reason, it wasn't just me. It was a really rough August for a lot of people. So, you know, a big shout out to a lot of authors that, hey, just remember you're not alone. It's nice to know that I wasn't the only person in the world having a rough August. I'd rather, you know, I wish we all had a fantastic, I can't wait until we're all shouting about how wonderful of an October we're having. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's an important thing. And actually, if you do happen to go to Instagram, if you're an Instagrammer and you go to my profile, which is just Autumn Burt, it's really, I'm really hard to find. uh, I actually just shared this really cool mental map that had some really neat aspects. And Jesper, I should share this with you because you will love it. Mm -hmm. It is a Mm -hmm. mental map that is drawn in the image of a fantasy map. It has things like the I spend too much time online falls, the dormant volcano of blind ambition, the mountain range of impotent rage. (laughs) So... No, I'm already loving it. I want to see that. I will have to send it to you. It is super awesome. I told everyone that I am currently living in the glade of hopeful aspirations while drinking from the river of pleasure in this of small things. So that is where I am currently living. Um, And I'm ignoring that outside thing that people call reality. It just sucks. Just I'm happy in my glade of hopeful aspirations and just leave me here for the rest of the fall. Yeah, but but you know what? do you think it would be possible to 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 have a link to it to somewhere? So I because then I could put it in the show notes and then the listeners could oh, see it as well. Yeah, I think I can share just the post with you and that way they can go straight to it. And if not, I'll do a screenshot. So I will get Do you need an out. Instagram account to be able to view no, it? That's the one thing I love about Instagram. It's not like Facebook, you don't get kicked out just because you don't have an account. Anyone can see it. So I will make sure I get that over to you because it is kind of awesome and it's a good reminder you're one not alone because so many other people feel uh you know that they're living in the crippling insecurity ville (laughs) um (laughs) you know it's a whole community come join us yeah yeah no that that sounds awesome and and i guess i just sort of uh, outed myself on on how little i know about instagram (laughs) since i had to ask about that (laughs) that's okay you're much more uh i used to be so much more active on twitter and that is definitely where you are uh you got your forte on twitter and i've kind of backed up and sometimes i go there and i'm like you can do what now so (laughs) fair's fair yeah yeah I, i do post a lot on twitter for sure that's 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 a given I, I like that uh, community there, quite honestly. <laughs> and on to today's topic. 
Oh, character arcs. Yes, that's what this we're talking is, about. <laughs> yeah, this it's awesome. I, I really like characters. But but may, maybe before we get into all of this, maybe we need to define what we're talking about. Right. So character arcs, that is a very good point. Just because, you know, I that used to be one of my pet peeves. You'd hear something batted around like show don't tell. Without yeah, exactly. You know, explanation. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? I know. <laughs> <laughs> what is a character arc? So this is... Not just the plot of your novel, it's not your plot. It is the character's journey, the progression a character takes. And one of my favorite things is there's a huge misperception that characters always progress because there's actually there's actually a whole bunch of different types of character arcs, but as far as I've kind of boiled it down to three. So there's a fail arc where a character, instead of succeeding, actually becomes maybe a villain or dies or, you know, Ned um, in Game of Thrones through book one is a wonderful example of a fail arc. He dies. Mm -hmm. He does not succeed. There's also an epic fantasy, the heroic arc. That is the one that we often write about and the one we readers often expect. And so it's sometimes assumed that it's the only type of arc. And that's where the character starts out as, oh, let's go with the, the favorite trope of the uh, farm girl who grows up and becomes a great warrior, becomes a king. You know, they succeed in saving the country, becoming a great sorceress, um, something fantastic and magical. It's a progressive arc because you know, they do succeed. But there's also one called a flat arc. And that one, you don't see many. The best examples usually are like James Bond or Superman. You know, think of something where the character, there's a whole bunch of books that could be read in any order. Well, the character arc never changes. They always start the book self-assured that they can solve the problem and everyone else around them is going, I don't know if you got this one. And in the end, they're proven right. They do succeed. They might have some self-doubts along the way, but they do manage to solve the problem. There is one huge book example that uses a flat arc. Can you guess what that one is? Mm, no. <laughs> That's probably because you haven't read it. Hunger Games. So that's All right. right. I've seen the movies, but I have not read the book. Yes. Katniss. Everdeen, she does not really change. Her right. character kind of stays the same from beginning to end. Her initial thoughts and feelings about the government, about herself, about everyone except who is her current boyfriend, she doesn't really change over the entire course of three books. So that is a right. flat arc. And that's a good example, one of the rare examples of writing a flat arc in something that is not just a serial series like you know James Bond or Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we are defining, I mean, the, the character arc is sort of the the change that the character will undergo as the story progress, right? And and so so that's good. But now that you mentioned James Bond, uh, that's that's like the perfect example of a story that doesn't have a character arc. So, and if if you're saying the same is in Hunger Games, then I mean, at the end of the day, a story does not have to have a character arc. But I do think. Uh, at least in the case of James Bond, and uh, and I have to be <laughs> fully transparent here that I've not read the, the James Bond books, but uh, of course watching the movies I've done, and um, well, I don't know. You'll have to forgive me here <laughs> when I say this, but I really don't like James Bond, <laughs> and I guess in my view it's just simply because there's no depth to that character. I mean, because there are no. I mean, essentially, James Bond. Again, going by the movies, but James Bond is the same in the end of the movie as he was in the beginning of the movie. There is no change. And at least in my view, 
if <clears throat> there are no character arc, then there is no story. That's how I view it. And of course, people can feel <laughs> absolutely free to disagree with me. But but I think the character arc is what adds depth. And, and without it, it it just doesn't work. No, I can't. And that's I... not to say that, you know, that the, well, now you called the, I can't remember which words you use for it, but uh, basically it's the same thing. That, I'm mixing things up here because <laughs> uh, as, as I've been talking about before, or we've been talking about before, we have an upcoming book uh, on plotting. And in that book, there is a section around character arcs. And in there, we called them the positive arc, the negative arc, and the steadfast arc. But it's exactly the same as what Autumn was just saying. It's just some different words for it. So now that I have you all confused, (laughs) what I wanted to say was that when you are talking about the flat arc or what we in our upcoming uh, guidebook is calling the steadfast arc, it, it doesn't mean that because if you're using that flat arc there, it doesn't mean that there is no arc. I mean, that that's sort of the difference I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Because maybe the character doesn't truly change their beliefs or who they are, uh, but that, you know, the, the character can still start with a certain belief and then the novel plot sort of confirms that that belief was correct in, in at, at, at the end. So the resolution then reinforces the character's original belief and if you see what i'm getting at so if you sort of are working at using the character arc even if the character doesn't change but you're using it to show that the belief that the character had is actually true that's a different one than if you're just saying okay here's james bond and he's going to do some cool shit and then the story is over right i mean those two things are very different and that's what i'm trying to say Yes. Does that make any sense at all? <laughs> or am I just rambling? No, because there's a lot of things. If Just because a character with a flat arc or a steadfast arc, they can start with this belief, this self-belief in, you know, that they can solve this problem or they are who they say they are. And everyone else doubts. But just because the novel might prove that correct, there's a whole pathway in self-doubts. And, well, it's an arc. And that's what we're going to talk about is how to actually create that arc. And then the only thing that really changes is that, you know, at the end of a steadfast arc, they're proven correct, where the other arcs, like the negative arc, the positive arc, the negative one, you know, they, instead of being proven correct, they fail. And the other one, the positive arc, they start off believing maybe they're not good enough and they manage to succeed. They become something greater. So they all kind of have the same starting point, which is useful because to create an arc, it's almost all the same steps. So that's kind of great. And it's not, even though it creates such a nuanced character and creates a whole pathway through the novel for this character, the actual steps to begin creating a novel arc are not that difficult. And so that's really where we need to go next, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking while you were talking there, um, because I, I think especially with the with the what the positive arc, what, what did what did you call it again? Uh, progressive or an epic, <laughs> uh, or heroic should, arc. This just shows how amateurs we are. You know, we haven't even aligned the terms before we started recording a podcast. <laughs> if you Google them, there are like so many arcs, but it's, yeah, indeed. it's just what's but, out there. Yeah, exactly. But, but what I wanted to say about the positive one is that we, we're really at the core of it, we're dealing with internal change. It, it doesn't matter what you call it, to be honest. But if you imagine a positive arc where the character is going from be, being one kind of person to being another one. So this could be like weakness turning into strength or 
fear turning into bravery and and you you get the idea right so it's an internal change we're talking about and then as a result you have this positive arc where at the core of it the character is sort of still the same person however he or she has become maybe you could say like a better or more fulfilled version of themselves so so i think that's the that's the root of the positive change no, that makes complete sense. And I think often in a positive arc like that, you see an outward change too, but that's more symbolic because they believe more in themselves because they have created this internal change. It creates an external change as well. And that's sort of the fun thing because part of a character arc is internal and external things going on at the same time, because sometimes you need those external factors to create the internal change. I mean, really, even in our own lives, why do we change? Okay, I changed my hair color to purple because I felt like it. But in general, you change because you, you know, something is going to happen. And that is usually the inciting incident. So that's one step. So yeah, it starts with you start with a character who has a certain belief. And you need to create an external event that's going to make them reflect on who they are and what they need to become to, you know, reach this other goal. Yeah, and and I think I, I've from movies and whatnot. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's often easiest to reference movies because we are, everybody watches a lot of movies, but we don't always read the same books. But in movies, uh, I'm not gonna ref- reference a, a specific one, but just in general, you, do you know these kind of movies where? something external you know something terrible happens Mm -hmm. and then afterwards the next scene you are seeing the characters now changing because of that external thing happening and i don't know if it's because you know we are writers and i'm a i'm a writer that i just see way through that it's just like (laughs) that is to me that feels too lazy and it's like yeah okay i understand that something external and big happened and i also understand that of course it would influence you in one way or another i i fully get that but sort of using that as your trigger to say and yeah now whoa here you go and now the character transformed into somebody else because it just feels too easy to me do, do you know what i'm saying i do and why well, to me my f- favorite worst <laughs> movie trope is when you have the flawed character who begins the beginning because of the incident that happened before like his brother died a horrible death that he somehow feels responsible for so he is this a lone wolf character who is grieving and standoffish and you right. just know why this is going right now so he can win the girl save the day blah 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 so you can see that one coming a mile long so i think there are always nuances and there's always ways of handling it so that you know it's fresh it's new so that the character i i have this is one of my favorite ones with illnesses. I We often have this discussion. You think you're all on the mend and then you get sick again. And then you have to sleep a little bit or you do too much. You know, it's the same with characters and character arcs. Just because right. something happens, you do not have, you know, something happening does not, it's not a math formula. It does not equal automatic change. There's got to be steps, progressions, back steps, backsliding. Other things can happen. That's when you get into the subplots. Then you have this other thing that's pulling in one way, and maybe that's the wrong direction. You know, the love interest, best friend dies. Oh my gosh, now things are really screwed up. 
So that's actually why I like the seven steps of story structure, because it has, it's not just a three act, four act. It has this kind of ups and downs and backsliding and a moment right there in the middle that can be this horrible tragic event that makes you reevaluate everything again, because you need, <laughs> need to kind of have those pushes. So I do know when we do, like when I do a character arc, I literally start with uh, four different parts. And those are usually, we talked about inner and outer things. So inner motivation, you know, there's got to be some inner reason that a character wants to change. We talked about an outer motivation. That's usually an external factor that makes them also realize they need to change to adapt. There's usually inner obstacles. And that's what we're talking about now is the inner obstacles. That, and there's also outer obstacles. But let's start with the inner. The inner are the ones that are like, well, you know, yes, I want to be a writer. That's a good inner obstacle or inner motivation. That's my motivation is I want to yeah, be a writer. Say that. <laughs> yeah, but the outer obstacle, the inner obstacles are sort of like, I have doubts. Where do I find the writing time? You know, I don't have anything to write on right now. So those are your other obstacles. Actually, that last one, not having anything to write on, that's an outer obstacle. So you can see how they kind of work together where, you know, it doesn't have to be the... Uh, arch villain sending henchmen to come and stop you. That's an outer obstacle, but it can be something simple like, I have no writing utensils. Well, that kind of sucks. So those four things, though, can start to make the basis of a character arc. So you just need to th sit down and think about your character and look at like the inner motivation. You know, what is it the character really wants? What is their secret inner drive? And again, it could be secret. I mean, you could have a character that goes around telling everyone, I want to be the world's best champion and blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to have that one in the back corner who's like, they don't they can't even admit it to themselves that they secretly want to be a great sorcerer because everyone knows that magic isn't real, but that's what they really, really want. But they never tell anyone unless they're like totally drunk. And <laughs> you know, that's the fun of having characters. This is where you start bringing out those nuances that I talked about. And that's why I said I'll try not to get too off track because this is what I love about character building is that you take that little nugget, that inner motivation, the thing that they secretly want. And, you know, you decide if your character is out there boasting that this is what they want, or if it's the one who's in the corner saying, I know I just want to sit here. All I want to do is sit here. <laughs> and I just want to mm -hmm. watch the world go around where really, you know, there's a lot more going on back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I, I think you're quite right in saying that, you know, everything sort of fits together. It's like one big puzzle. And I, that's also why in the... Uh, in the in the plotting book that we are finishing up, there, there's a lot of diagrams and whatnot in it because yeah. everything sort of just, it slots in together like one big puzzle. But I do think that the key here is that you can use those external events like we just talked about to, to help facilitate the change. But the core of it or the root of it should be the character's own needs and motives. Yeah. So if you use that as your starting point to trigger the transformation, and then of course you can use these external events to support it as like a supporting structure. But if you use the inner motivations as, as your driver, then it will not come across like those movies that we were talking about <laughs> before where, oh, something happened and whoop, we, then now the person changed. You know, then, then it, because if you can recognize that, well, this character already had this motive inside of him or her, and now they were trying to do something about it or they wanted to change maybe, and then something external happened and sort of pushed them over the line. Then it works, and then it comes across as very authentic. 
and then you you really feel like okay that this makes sense you know so they, they, and that's why I said before that if you just push push them over the line with the external event alone that's where to me it feels too flat and it feels like cheating because that that's sort of the easy solution right whereas figuring out what are the inner motivations and how do I actually build it up so that I both uh, make it plausible why they have this motivation but I'm also showing it to the reader and then I'm using that as a weapon to drive the character arc you know that is not easy and that requires some serious thinking and some serious work and that's why it comes across as authentic because <laughs> it actually makes sense <laughs> it does i think that's so so true and so important that's why i like books that even though they start with um action but it's not necessarily the big action of the novel it's like a little action and every day like oh you know one of the favorites is like showing that you know what's going to be your main character maybe they're picked on as a kid or they're struggling every day they don't quite fit in they kind of already harbor a desire for something different like you're saying and then the big inciting incident comes and gives them an opportunity to become this new person. It's sort of, even if they sometimes miss it, but it's those books where everything is, you know, a field of flowers and it's sunny and breezy and then everything goes up in flames and they have to become the great heroic person. It, You're right. If they had started as this peace-loving person and now they have to go to war, it doesn't have the same resonance. It's a different type of story and it feels forced where if you see that character struggling a little bit in those first pages that they kind of want to be something different, they're trying to be to something different and they're just trying to get by. And then your inciting incident happens, that outer motivation happens. And then you see the character, you know, going, Hey, this sucks, but maybe I can get something out of this to become, it can become a stepping stone instead of the giant rock rolling down the mountainside and crushing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think there is another place whereby the character arc uh, coincides or aligns itself very well with the actual plot of the novel. So you were just talking about basically, well, the, the trigger, the trigger, we could say, you know, in the beginning where maybe maybe the inciting incident helps in facilitating the change to start. Yes. But then if we move to the end of the novel or the end of the character arc, one of the things that we're trying to align with our uh, future guidebook here on how to plot a novel is actually to make sure that the end of the character arc coincides with the climax of the story. Absolutely. Because if you can make that happen so that the character arc actually peaks at the same time that we're reaching the climax, then that is really a good way to you know generate a very true reaction in the reader and uh, i think when that happens then that is actually what will what will make them remember the story right that, that that's what makes them tell other people about how amazing this story really was because it wasn't just a climactic you know fantasy battle against the evil necromancer in the end of the story but <laughs> it was also the time where the character actually came into his his or her true being and because of that they succeeded you know then it's awesome absolutely that's to me especially i mean that's a whole different topic getting in between character driven versus plot driven because with fantasy just about with all of the books we're talking about people talk about them being character driven when really all of these books are plot driven but when the character arc lines up in with the plot so that it's kind of driving the plot and forcing things to happen. 
that is when the novel becomes fantastic. That's when it feels like the character, it is a character driven novel when actually we have a plot and the plot is what's really driving the whole story. But the character is making it feel like it's all happening because of this internal change, their struggles and the outer obstacles that are coming at them. And I agree, that's when when you can combine those two, and there are definitely steps to do that and diagrams and a whole bunch of other ways to make sure your <laughs> plot is lined up with your character arc and so that things are feeding into each other. And then you hit the climax and it all has to happen. It's not just a climax of the plot and these big outside events that are going to happen, but it's also the climax of the character arc. And are they going to succeed or fail or what's going to happen to the character? Oh my gosh. That's when you're like gripping the page and you, you know, that's when you're up at 3am, you're tired, yeah, exactly. you're working exactly. two hours. <laughs> Those are the books that are just so riveting. And yeah, that is where it's really part of the character arc and lining it up with the plot so that it all happens and seems to be interconnected. And it doesn't just happen randomly. It takes work. And if you're a pantser and you do it afterwards, it's just a lot of editing, but you can do it too. If you're a plotter or a hybrid, more like me, you know, you got to kind of remember that and work it out and make sure it's happening and the different events are triggering the different aspects. The events in the plot are triggering the character arc and the character arc is triggering things in the plot. And then it's like, bam, this is a huge novel. This is so exciting. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that stuff around the uh, plot-driven versus character-driven story because actually... um, I'm actually making one of the uh, or an argument in in the in the plotting book in 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 the in the character section of the book, um, because if if you go through the exercises necessary to create a both a proper character but also creating a proper character arc, then the argument I'm making in the book is that there is no such thing as a purely plot-driven book because the book is always about the characters. It is always about the character change. That is what a story is about. Mm-hmm. A story is not about uh, country A is going to war to, with country B and then in the end of the novel, one of them wins. That's not a story. The story is interesting if there are characters in that setting who goes to war and the effect that that war has on them as a person and maybe on their family or what do I know, but that's where the story is. So there is no thing, there is no such thing as a plot-driven story. Uh, if if you at least follow the mythology that <laughs> that we are laying out in this future uh, book here, that you're going to get your hands on at some point, um, because it is about the characters, and it always has been. And that's what I think is true. I mean, when people ask me if uh, I have a hard time coming up with story ideas. If you can come up with a character, if you can look at something, you know, I have a bottle of conditioner on my desk, don't ask, has something to do with the purpling. But (laughs) if you have something on your, and you just start adding character nuances, start adding motivation and personifying something, you can write an interesting piece of flash fiction to an entire novel because that's what resonates with people. That's what people want to know is the story of that individual, that personified object even. That's all it takes sometimes to come up with a story is to simply look around your house and say, what do you think is the inner desires of my houseplant? And <laughs> you end up going. Because trust me, you'll find a story in everything. Throw in a little bit of magic and uh, a mad cat and you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I don't, you know, if 
Autumn, if we had been a bit smart about this stuff, you know, we would have had recorded this podcast episode like maybe in the week leading up to <laughs> us actually releasing the book that we're talking about because this is uh, just us again. But but we thought that the, <laughs> we saw the, thought it an interesting topic, so we just wanted to share some ideas and and, and give you you know the listeners some something to think about around the character arcs and and why it is so important. But we. If we had been smart, as I said, we would have aligned it with the release of that book, but we didn't. But I don't know if we should say something. When do we actually expect to to have this book done, do you think? Oh, let's see. I There's a chance it could still be by the end of this year. Otherwise, I think it'll be very early in 2020. But, you know, I think maybe we're smarter than we realize. So there's it's a huge book and there's so much in it and so much good stuff. So I bet we can find another topic and and, you know... This will just wet your whistle and we'll do another one, I'm sure, on something that is also <laughs> a plotting book. I know we've mentioned it at least twice now. So it'll be important and we'll be able to tie it all in and then announce its forthcoming release. But it's going well and I think we'll get there very soon. You, you remember I had to do some, we did mention there's a lot of diagrams and I'm still putting those together yeah. as well. So it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think the the major or the biggest hurdle that is left, apart from, of course, some diagrams and whatnot. But other than that, I think that the biggest hurdles that we have left is that we want to include a free download with the book, where you can basically download uh, the plot for our first book in our new trilogy. And why we want to do that is basically because then you have the book as uh, your guide and you can go through all the teachings in in that guide. And basically then by downloading our, you know, that that free version or or the free plot for our book one, you can basically see all those, uh, all that theory in practice. So seeing how did we actually do what we are teaching in the book. So we thought that that would make like an excellent a company or companion, whatever you want to call it, to 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 the plotting book, to make it the teachings even easier to understand and, and easier to follow. So, uh, so that and that's basically the, the biggest hurdle here from a time perspective is that we need to then complete the entire plot for the first book before we can do anything else. Um, but other than that, you know, the the entire book it has been written already, and it just needs some editing, and uh, and then it needs that download that will Diagrams. take quite some time. And diagrams. Secret <laughs> diagrams. <laughs> yeah, so characters are essential to any story, and without it, you have no story. Next week, we're going to talk about ISBN numbers. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>